Hello, hello, hello! You're listening to Big Easy Ideas, a podcast that features live recordings from New Orleans Entrepreneur Week and builds connections at the intersection of innovation and culture. New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, or NOE as the locals like to call it, is an annual event across the city of New Orleans every March and is a celebration of startups, innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's next. Learn more and check out ways to get involved at neworleansentrepreneurweek.org or noew.org. And now, on to today's episode. Big Easy Idea listeners, it's great to have you back. Today's episode puts the spotlight on five of the region's top emerging startups who are part of the Idea Village's 2022 Village X Accelerator cohort. Village X is a highly competitive, advanced accelerator program for high-growth early-stage startups who are poised to scale given the right support, mentorship, and connection to resources. To date, The Idea Village's later stage accelerator programs have supported 298 early stage companies that have cumulatively raised over $500 million in outside capital and who generated approximately $530 million in annual revenue. This panel features some of the best and brightest early stage founders in the greater New Orleans region, sharing their journey of building the next big thing and their unique experience of building a high growth startup from the Big Easy. This conversation is moderated by Peter Liu, managing partner at Revelry Venture Partners and investor in residence at the Idea Village. Peter will kick off the panel and share the stage with Conway Solomon of Wristband, Benjamin Legum of Muse Engine, Claire Smith of Kid Cred, Neil Shulman of Bruzy, and Mary Claire Mannard of Cluey Consumer. A quick Google of their company names is the easiest way to learn more about each of these rising startups, but we'll try to drop some links in the show notes as well, and you can always write hello at noe.org, that's hello at noew.org to learn more and get connected to these up-and-coming founders. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Everyone's having a great Noe. Um, I'm, I'm Peter Liu. I'm uh, the managing partner of Overy Venture Partners. We're a New Orleans-based venture capital fund that we started about a year ago with the mission of being the first partner for some of our most ambitious entrepreneurs here in our city. And I'm really excited today to talk to some of the most ambitious entrepreneurs in our city and share their stories with you all. New Orleans is having a moment, as everyone has celebrated over the last year or so and is celebrating at this conference today. And about a year ago, I uh, moderated a panel at NOE with four entrepreneurs that collectively sold their businesses for $1.5 billion, or more than $1.5 billion, Um, so no pressure. Um, But I'm excited to share your stories today. Uh, Why don't we start with some intros? Um, Maybe you start, and then we'll just... Go down the road. 
Sure. Um, my name is Conway Solomon. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Wristband. Um, we provide event technology for music festivals, large sporting events, uh, pretty much where there's a lot of large gatherings of people. My name is Benjamin Legum with Muse Engine. I am CEO. Uh, we are taking 3D printing technologies and methodologies and merging them with injection molding, so on-demand manufacturing. So. I'm Claire, um, and I'm the founder of KitCred. And KitCred is helping schools to just completely revolutionize their recognition and reward systems. Um, we have a big long-term vision, but we're starting with teachers. And the product that we're building is, first, is a peer-to-peer -peer recognition system that makes sure that we are actively appreciating our teachers, like frequently, visibly, meaningfully, so that they can quantifiably feel that they're making a difference and feel valued. My name is Neil Schulman. Uh, Lehman Meyer and I in the audience co-founded 3Z, a startup revolutionizing digital hobby spaces. Uh, we started with winemaking a year and a half ago and already have 30,000 paying customers. Hello. Uh, I'm Mary Claire, CEO and founder of Cluey Consumer, and we empower conscious consumers with information to make a greater impact on the world around them through a web platform and Chrome extension. Yeah, maybe starting with you, Mary Claire, in the end, like what prompted you to start this business? What was that journey like? I have a background as a former journalist with CNN in New York, and then I moved out to San Francisco to grow and scale a primary research firm's uh, consulting and corporate and investment uh, arm. And I had the opportunity in those nine years to really see the writing on the wall of a trend that was only growing and growing. Um, on the investor side of things, it was the growth of the ESG space, I should say the meteoric rise of ESG. Um, and then on the consumer side, just seeing how millennials and Gen Z are changing considerations and how they buy their products different from you know, when, when my parents were buying products. So um, for me, it was something that was just so pressing and urgent and a problem that I personally needed to solve for myself, enough so that I had the conviction and will to, to go for it. So that was, that was ultimately why I started it. That's great. And Neil, how about you? Bruzy was born out of basically the need for better, in some ways, better consumer information on what people are eating and drinking. Our winemaking product allows you to make wine at home using ingredients that you know and can trust. Uh, and it connects you with other winemakers to get to know the hobby better. Uh, in many ways, winemaking is, in wine, is one of the only industries in food where you actually don't understand the ingredients are go they're going inside, uh, and you don't legally have to list them. And wine and beer makers are actually encouraged basically not to by their competitors not listing those ingredients as well. And in some ways, that's really the impetus behind Bruzy, in that allowing people to better control their ingredients uh, and see what's actually going into their bodies in a very similar way that Cluey actually works, is what was one of the founding reasons behind Fuzi. Very interesting. Uh, maybe we'll just go, go down the aisle for this one yeah, too, because sure. the origin stories are always so interesting. Yeah, um, so for the past four years, I was a seventh grade math teacher um, out in St. Bernard Parish. And uh, you know, I think I, I identified the problem day one as a teacher, and it took like to year four to figure out like where the solution could start to be. And uh, you know, I remember the first day um, well, a sixth grade math teacher came up to me and she was like, oh my God, like Miss Smith, I totally forgot to tell you, like if you turn in your lesson plans every day on time, on Fridays, we get to pay $2 and we can wear jeans to school, right? Like problems, right? You know, four years later, uh, I remember it was teacher appreciation week 
which is truthfully like kind of a frustrating thing. It's the end of the year. Um, but I, I take it I, very seriously with my students. Like we're going to appreciate our teachers. And uh, we did this project where the whole day we did not a single math problem, but um, we made sure that every kid wrote like as many nice things as they possibly could about every single teacher on a Google form. I downloaded it all, put all of the 120 nice things that these students said about their teachers in like a little Canva template. Um, so it would be like, dear Mr. Liu, and then a hundred nice things from their students, like thank yous, I love yous, you did this for me, and texted them a picture of this little card. And as a teacher, I saw teachers cry all the time. Like I cried all the time. Like it's an emotional thing, it's fine. But uh, that day that I sent out those cards, the teachers who came to my classroom crying, like different type of tears, right? Tears that are like, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason here. And I realized that um, there's a lot of impact and appreciation and we need to we need to not only run with that but like turn it into a sustainable scalable opportunity well for us uh, basically we decided to listen to our own advice uh, so our team has actually been doing product development for almost a decade together and uh, always doing it for somebody else and so basically uh, we actually wrote a textbook on product development and because of COVID, it actually started slowing down a little bit. So we decided to actually validate our textbook and going through the process, we realized that uh, we had something. And so we actually de-risked the whole uh, endeavor over and over and over again to the point where, uh, where we all got together and said, wait, we need to take stop, stop and actually move, run with this. So that's actually the how Muse Engine got up and running. So yeah. Okay. Um, wristband has unique in, uh, unique history because we started as part of a company here that my brother began called Solomon Group, which just a few blocks away does event production, management, etc. And going back about eight years now, when I was working there, we started to build basic software products as really just tools to help run our own events. And over kind of the following few years, it really just grew and people started hearing about it and asking for it. And so a few years ago, it had really reached a point where we felt it was important to give the software and the technology side um, a life of its own and not be confused with all the production and et cetera. So we actually separated and created what is now known as wristband. Um, 2020 was pretty rough year sure. for uh, live events, but it's kind of like a rubber band. It definitely feels like in the last six months, it has not just come back, but I feel like we're further along with clients and projects than we would have been had in a way not happened with the pandemic, right, right, um, right. especially with kind of just all things being up in the air. It's a very unusual time that people are willing to like totally reconsider what their approaches are and make meaningful change. So in a way that's timed out very well for us right now. Yeah, and if folks were at um, Wednesday at the Square last night, you might have seen uh, wristband as a technology used for payments there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and if anybody doesn't know, Wednesday at the Square for about 30 years only took paper tickets. Uh, you had to literally buy paper tickets. And there's a funny story that they would put them in a paint bucket for each vendor. That was how they collected it. And at the end of the night, they would weigh the tickets and that was how they would pay them. But if it had rained, they would have to microwave the tickets to dry them because they'd be too heavy and therefore they would overpay the vendors. So. Right. I think we made a, a pretty meaningful change getting away from just that a little bit, night. just a little bit. Um, I, I want to double click on something that you mentioned earlier. You know, this was a spin out of a company. That's a pretty common story that we hear a lot of, you know, especially in a market like New Orleans, right? We, we've we built something internally that solved a problem that we had and we realized, hey, maybe this should be a standalone company. You just kind of quickly talk about what that decision process was like. Why did you spin it out? 
Yeah, there was like a very distinct moment when it like clicked in my head that we were going to do it. Um, we were working at Lollapalooza in 2018 and had built a very small little product that they were using just to like, for very boring things. I'm not even going to get into it. And the technology though was just working so well that it was like, holy cow, th this, is a, this is a thing of its own. This isn't just like a tool that as Solomon Group that also comes along with production. It was like, the, the software and the technology side of this has a life of its own. And, and as I told my brother, I think this will be worth more than the rest of your company yeah. combined if we do it right. And he couldn't really disagree at that point. And, and that was what kind of began like, all right, let's actually separate. So we did the whole Delaware C Corporation, set it up for a genuine kind of merger acquisition down the road and really had a kind of a clear path of what we wanted to do with it going into it. So the catalyst though was yeah. kind of that moment of like, this is more than just a tool. This is actually like, a thing of its own. Right, right. Very cool. Claire, maybe talk a little bit about transitioning from you know, working for an organization, right, to becoming a founder, CEO, leading a team. How's that been? Yeah, you know, it's super interesting uh, because a lot of the things I learned as a teacher positioned me very well to be uh, an entrepreneur, right? Like I can adjust when things go crazy, like nothing always goes right. Like I botched it all the time as a teacher. But I think the thing that I've been really interested in is that when you're a teacher and you botch it, you know it, like you know it immediately, like you get constant feedback, right, from your students. And there was something that was really helpful about that. Right, right, very cool. And, and Ben, you're building a very technical product. Talk a little bit about recruiting talent, bringing in expertise. Um, educating a market about what you're working on you know, sure. doing, and doing that from New Orleans. Definitely. Uh, the hardest part is simplifying the message. I'm still not very good at it, and, but I'm still trying. It's basically like hurting a lot of really smart cats and getting everybody to play well together. Recruiting talent, you know, we're, we're still doing a nationwide search. We've been interviewing, but our team and getting everything organized, lined up, it's fun. It's, it's amazing actually doing it for yourself rather than doing it for somebody else. And there's different levels of stress, but at the same time, it's really, really satisfying. So it's fun. And with some of the legacy industries in the Gulf South, I'd imagine that's a good kind of recruiting ground for some of the work that you're doing, right? Oh, definitely. And the the concept isn't foreign. So, you know, it's basically taking that old school pin art toy that we all grew up with and converting it and basically digitizing it and making it useful for something on demand. And because it's there's two industries that have been around for over 100 years for injection molding and, you know, 3D printers have actually been around for over 35 years, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel. We're actually merging the two technologies together. So, uh, so we can grab talent from the, both of those sectors and put and bring them in. Got it. Which is, I guess, just follow up on that, Neil. You, you moved to New Orleans to start Bruzy. Talk about that decision um, and talk about recruiting talent to New Orleans. What what are some of the tactical things maybe you can share with the audience that you know your team does to to try to get folks to to work either at your company or maybe even move here to work at your company. Yeah, so um, Liam and I moved to New Orleans just about two years ago to found Bruzy here. We both have visited New Orleans a lot, and we wanted to move to a place where we could start our startup and walk into offices and meet people right away. Uh, no matter where we were going to move, we weren't going to know anybody because we're not from a city like SF or New York, right? And we know that no matter where we moved, we were going to be at the bottom of, of the rung right away. And in a city like New Orleans, people don't look down on you because you don't have experience or because you don't have a flashy badge next to your name. Uh, we were able to walk right into offices like GNO Inc., 
the Idea Village here as well, um, and meet people right away, and have those people introduce us to others. Mary Claire, um, so you don't come from a technical background, but you have a very technical product. What were those early days like to try to get the troops around you to help you build and bring something to life, put it in front of users? Well, that's a great question. Uh, you have to be very comfortable with being uncomfortable, first and foremost. And, and I think this applies for even if you did have a very technical background for a technical product, because ultimately when you're in a startup position, you're trying to innovate and do something new. So you're inevitably going to be in that uncomfortable territory, and you're going to be blazing those trails out of nothing. So getting smart is, is ultimately what I've done my whole career thus far, whether it's getting smart on a particular world event or getting smart on a particular industry. I don't claim expertise in this space myself, but I claim expertise in finding experts. And so that's how I ultimately surrounded myself and surrounded our ability to build this product, pull all this rich data together in order to empower consumers with this really important information. We talked a little bit about the successes that have been happening in New Orleans. How has the recent events affected your business how people think about your business, excitement around building companies here, your own conviction of building startups here. Maybe, Conway, you start, which we'll go down that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there's no denying how exciting it is that those events have happened. I think, if anything, you know, it's a, a much needed spark again in this city. And, you know, I think if we're being realistic, Katrina was that first wave which really allowed that resurgence and that growth. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people in the room kind of feel, agree that the last few years potentially have not been up or down, just kind of been not just because of New Orleans, the pandemic, everything has been a little weird for cities across the country. So there's no, we're not alone. I think this was a much needed resurgence, kind of another spark that was, and then having like a few in a row that were like back to back to back was kind of just like great for the vibe. And that goes a long way. And so hopefully this, this kind of momentum will, con will continue. Obviously the idea pitch being increased in such a, a substantial value is an incredible start to that as well, especially for this program. And or some of these folks up here especially. So yeah, I just think it's, it's well needed and very exciting. Yeah, and to piggyback off of Conway, uh, you know, most deal flow happens outside of New Orleans, right? So it's San Francisco and uh, you know, Boston and then the New York to like DC corridor. So having deals happening here is showing that New Orleans can be a contender. And it's not just a standalone, uh, you know, a, a city to have fun in, but there can be viable businesses that actually get up and running that can be, you know, exchanged through on on the market. You know, for KidCred, there's there's no doubt that like the tech momentum is obviously helping us as a tech company. But I think more than that, um, seeing some of the recent leaders who have chosen to give back in many different ways, Son of a Saint is a huge one. I think that that creates a space, you know, for KidCred specifically that not only validates and not only sets an example, but like sets an expectation and like holds other people accountable to recognizing the importance that is being there for the community. So that's super exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, for a business like ours, it's currently raising, it means more angels in the, uh, in the area, which is always, always needed. Yeah, and for me, you know, I, I am originally from here, but I've been away for over a decade and it's always been my intention to move back and it's always been my best party trick to tell people that I'm originally from New Orleans because everyone's eyes just light up when you tell them that you're from New Orleans. And I always wanted to be able to create that same magic with being able to start and build a company here. But being away in some of these larger cities, sometimes I would wonder, is that possible? Is the opportunity there? And I think seeing these signals in the last two years have been really great to building that conviction for me 
Um, and not to mention, you know, we are ultimately creating a data and research product. And so given that one of those companies that exited is in the res tech space, uh, that's particularly exciting. And I think you're starting to see with this blossoming and burgeoning entrepreneurial ecosystem here, those raw ingredients of what makes the New Orleans entrepreneurial ecosystem special. Um, kind of the agriculture and CPG that we've got, um, the res tech and the music and cultural assets that we're able to leverage. So I think that's really special and I think it's cool and amazing to be able to be a part of that. And I'm just happy that I was able to jump on the train while it started moving fast. <laughs> yeah, we're excited that you're back too. I think just from our standpoint as on the investment side, you know, the amount of inbound from folks in our networks that traditionally would have never looked in New Orleans for deal flow has increased, which I think improves the, the opportunities for, for startups being built here in the region, right? Um, because people do believe that great companies can be built here. They're seeing great companies are being built here. Uh, and they're looking for that next wave of founders and talent that's spinning out of those companies and building, which are also great folks that you, know, you guys are hiring to join your team. Um, we have about three minutes left. I'd love to use this opportunity for you to tell a little bit about what the future looks like for each of your companies. Um, what's top of mind? What's next? What should people be excited about? So maybe start with you and we'll go down. I feel like I always have to start because I'm sitting next to you here. Well, that's, you know, you chose that seat. Um, we've actually almost doubled our tech team in the last couple months. We're developing heavily in more new products. We don't really see this as kind of like, oh, we're spanned, already built the product, now we're just going to go sell it. There's a lot of new innovation still coming. The short answer I would give is if anybody is familiar with what Disney has done with the Magic Band in Disney World in the last decade, where you literally can go through the entire facility, the entire property, your room key, your rides, etc. The intention is to bring that concept where each, every guest, every consumer has that control over their experience, whether it's a wearable or even just your phone. The point is, is we're trying to build experiences in, in live entertainment. Are you allowed to share the big event in Boston that's coming up that you're working yeah. with? Yeah. I was not at Wednesday at the Square, ironically, yesterday, even though we were there because we just won the contract to do the entire U.S. Open for the PGA. So we'll be 400,000 people. Yeah. So it was a long, fun four flights yesterday there and back to spend a few hours. But that's the kind of project where our team and our experience coming from the event production world just really shines because it's not just that we know tech, but we know what it takes to run a huge event like that. And that's been a really big competitive advantage for us. Cool. Ben? Oh, well, for us, uh, we just proved out this last couple weeks or so, everything works. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we can start making things. Which in hard tech is a big milestone. It's, yeah. a, it's a huge milestone. So that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. We just secured our technical co-founder, who is an amazing female. She's in Boston, um, totally out of our league. Uh, has eight years of experience as a full stack developer and is like so excited and pumped to be part of KitCred. Um, and so we are building and we're building quickly and we have multiple school um, partners that once we show them the product uh, are excited to start as soon as summer school. So. Brucey, Brucey recently just passed two and a half million glasses of wine made with our product, which is really exciting across the US and Canada. Uh, and now we feel like it's time to start working on another part of our digital hobby space, which is the recent invention of ours where you can have unlimited probiotic soda on tap at home. I can't wait to try it. Um, so, Chloe, we're really excited because what we've done is we've created a product that is for consumers first. 
But with the growth of the conscious consumer and the younger generation, those same individuals are also holding business leadership positions at large CPG companies or large consumer brands like Lululemon and Method Soaps. And because of some individuals who have experienced Cluey as a user or a consumer individually, they now are interested to understand how can those companies get in the space and also use Cluey and its research tools. So we're really excited to start to entertain some of those conversations. Um, but in particular, to do that, we definitely want to build out our engineering team and resources, and we want to do that here and locally. Um, so we are on the lookout for hiring a very lead engineering style function uh, to do a lot of individual contribution work, but also a lot of scaling and leading the team down the road. Um, an even more immediate exciting future is that we will be pitching in the one of the three finalists tomorrow in the pitch competition. So we would love to have you all come out and support. I think that's all the time we have. We probably could talk for another 30 minutes, but super excited about what you all are doing. Um, Thank for you. you to be building here. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, Thank you Peter. Thanks, Peter. Thank you for listening to Big Easy Ideas. Big Easy Ideas is produced by The Idea Village, a nonprofit accelerator that supports startups and cultivates entrepreneurial talent in New Orleans and the greater Gulf South region. By visiting ideavillage.org, you can learn more about how to turn your idea into a thriving business and how to turn your business into a high-growth startup. You can also learn more about opportunities to invest in startups, ways to mentor, partner, and support local industry-leading companies. You might also find a job in our region's thriving tech and startup community. The idea is, it takes a village. So visit ideavillage.org to explore how to get involved in the Gulf South's rapidly growing entrepreneurial ecosystem. The music for Big Easy Ideas is by the Young Fellas Brass Band from their new album, Block Party, which is available now on all streaming platforms. You can find the Young Fellas Brass Band on the streets of New Orleans and at their website, youngfellasbrassband.com. That's fellas with a Z, young F-E-L-L-A-Z brassband.com. And of course, we want to give a special thank you to all of the sponsors of New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, in addition to the year-round donors and supporters of the Idea Village, who make this work possible and keep this content accessible to all. And finally, thank you for listening. We can't wait to see you down in the Big Easy. Until next time. <laughs>